This podcast has been made possible by Planful and U.S. Bank. This is episode 528. Hi, it's Jack Sweeney. On today's show, we speak to Horatio Yenaropoulos, CFO of Bellatrix Software, a software developer with deep roots in South America, today with offices in Europe and the United States, based in Redwood City, California. Bellatrix is opening a new chapter of growth. We speak to Horatio about that chapter and much more after these words from our sponsor. In an ever-changing world, it can be tough to keep up with the latest FP&A trends and innovations that keep you ahead of the game. Luckily, there's a podcast for that. Tune in to Being Planful, the podcast for finance leaders and planning experts, and stay in the know about what's happening in planning and forecasting. Guests like influencer Chris Ortega, Boston Red Sox CFO Tim Zhu and Brian Lapidus of AFP will keep you up to speed on how you can put finance in the driver's seat this year. Find the full episodes at beingplanful.com or wherever you get your podcasts. P.S. Think you might make a great guest on the show? Shoot host Rowan Tonkin an email at beingplanful.com at planful.com. Five years ago, when I joined uh, 
National Professional Services Company Price Waterhouse Coopers in Argentina. I initially worked there within the auditing practice uh, area for nearly 10 years, and then I moved to the Financial Advisory Service Department, where I spent a total of 70 years. After almost 14 years at PwC, I, I went to work for Viña San Pedro Wine Group, a Chilean multinational winery, where I was a CFO for almost 10 years. In the year 2012, I moved to Chile, where I continued to work in finance for a total of four years. Then, in October 2016, I returned to Argentina, where I joined the Bellagrix project as a CFO, and where I have operational responsibility for the company's finance and accounting division. So, in summary, I have over 25 years of experience working in multinational and diverse organizations, specializing in finance, strategies, M&A, and risk management. I just want to get a fix on, on uh, the Price Waterhouse Coopers chapter of your career. Uh, was in two parts. Uh, you were you were part in uh, auditing and part in um, the advisory portion of the business. Is that right? Yes, that's that's quite correct. Because I, I began to work at Price Waterhouse Coopers when I was still at university. Uh, in the case of the office here in Argentina. Uh, I'm located in a small city in the west side called Mendoza, where PricewaterhouseCoopers only have uh, the office or the department uh, of auditing. So after a couple of years working there, I, I went to do my MBA textbook. Uh, so when I came back uh, to Argentina after my MBA, instead of coming back to Mendoza, I went to work in Buenos Aires, where I, I joined the other practice. Uh, at the beginning, the practice was called Financial Advisory Services. After that, uh, they changed the name to Corporate Finance and Recovery, and finally, it's uh, one known uh, generally as uh, Advisory Services. That, that, that was much more challenging, you know. Uh, I was in charge of valuating firms, of doing some due uh, diligence, M&A practice. So it, it was a different type of work and, again, much more challenging. Tell us about Bellatrix software. It seems like, uh, and if you had any um, past experience in the technology realm, how did this become the natural next step for you? Well, you know, when when you work uh, as many years in a consultancy firm, uh, you can work uh, in uh, any type of industry. So. Uh, as I was explaining to you, uh, during my 14 years in Pricewaterhouse, I've been working uh, with several, several different uh, type of industries. Uh, and then I moved to the winery. Uh, again, then I, I came back to Argentina and I had the opportunity to join Benacris. Uh, it, it's the first time I had the opportunity to work directly in a technological environment and with a highly regarded, uh, high growth Latin American software company that is Benacris. Well, can you share with us um, the business model and how was it different from perhaps your earlier tours of duty as a CFO, the nature of this Bellatrix business? Well, it's a, it's a whole new uh, different business uh, for, from my point of view. Bellatrix, as I, as I said, is the Latin American software development services provider. That additionally leverages diversity of delivery with locations in Buenos Aires, Bogotá, Mendoza, Lima, and in addition has local sales presence in Florida.
Adidas, San Francisco, New York. Heretics uh, works with clients as an innovative digital transformation partner in the design and build uh, of mission critical software products and digital applications with clients from Fortune 100 corporations, uh, multinationals such as Disney, Adobe, AOL, and even with tech startups. Uh, additional Veratex uh, has an extensive expertise in agile development uh, with a very important focus on innovation and, uh, of course, optimized product management methodologies. And it's a great challenge because we also have more than 700 developers uh, divided in all our five different locations. So, uh, to be honest, Benatrix uh, uh, up to date is one of the best digital transformation partners uh, you can choose uh, to do your digital transformation journey. So for me, it was a, a great, a great opportunity, and I'm really, very happy to be working. Uh, you mentioned the five locations. Uh, how big is this company today, though? Is it is it over? Uh, is it over 500 employees? Yes, 700 employees we have nowadays. Since your your arrival there, it's continued to grow. Can, can you share with us how, how quickly it's growing? Oh, yes. Uh, the company has been growing for the last five years at a pace of more than 30% a year. So uh, the growth has been very important. And, and of course, the challenge for the CFO with this uh, tremendous growth it's very important because you have to be very careful with the cash flow management and of course the work with capital management. As you come through the door, you obviously had some things that needed to uh, be addressed first as you uh, look to help the company execute and move forward. What were the priorities that you had? Well, when, when I accepted the opportunity to work at Benetrix, uh, it was uh, clear from the outset that I needed to help the owners with the transformation from being a family-owned company into a world-class uh, multinational one. Uh, of course, I'm not saying it was not multi a world-class one. It was really world-class on the delivery side of products and services. But there was a lot of room to improve within the administrative and finance aspects. Uh, so, and the other challenge I had was that my team was also based in several different locations which, based on distance and cultural changes, challenges, uh, it was a, a situation that uh, also needed to be addressed. So I got to understand everybody within the team and made clear to them, using my multinational experience, the journey that we would all be expected to travel together. So as soon as I arrived, uh, I proposed to the, to the board a new organizational chart for the finance area that needed to be developed in a period of at least two years. And that proposal was agreed. And after that, it was successfully implemented. Uh, first of all, we, we unified all the financial information from the five countries where we had our, our operations into only one financial reporting tool. Uh, we used SAP Business One as a tool to, to do that. And this process took around one year and a half or three years to implement. And also during the process, we also introduced PwC as an external auditor uh, for the five legal entities that were located, as I said, in Argentina, Peru, Colombia, United States, and Spain. So the successful implementation of this process uh, not only improved the confidence and integrity of all our financial information, but also enabled us to move from quarterly financial reports to 
that provided important and notable differences for the decision-making stakeholders. You know? Have you centralized everything at this point? Are you eighty uh, percent of the way, forty percent of the way? Where are you? Well, we have, as I said, uh, implemented SAP as a centralized information tool. Nevertheless, I have a different teams working in every country because we have different legal entities in every country. So uh, I have a small administrative team in every legal entity uh, which are in charge of producing information. And I have a reporting team here in Argentina where I centralize information and produce the reporting package. It would seem to me you're dealing with a lot of, uh, you know, localized management at first as they adopt this more centralized vision. Um, and this is something as a finance leader you really had to oversee and encourage and incent and constantly uh, make certain things are moving forward the way you would want them to. Am I describing it differently than you would have us believe? No, no, it's okay. You are completely correct. Uh, so, uh, as you said, it's very important the, the use of technology, as you said, and also be very clear with the processes, you know. Uh, so, that, that was a really interesting challenge because we have, uh, although we have different cultures and different places and different countries, uh, we have uh, the same processes uh, everywhere with the same uh, checkpoints and control points and deadlines. And so, uh, having that in mind, it's possible to have all the information in a timely and efficiently as we need it. So finally, the, the, the SAP Business One tool is on this, a tool to collect information that is uh, correctly and timely uh, processed. We want to understand better, Horatio, the metrics that uh, you're paying close attention to day to day. And I think you've already mentioned these in passing. You mentioned how important cash is, for instance. Uh, but what are, the, what are the metrics that you're paying close attention to? And again, I understand you've gone through this centralization. So you're beginning to be able to get your lines of sight into the more localized portions of the enterprise. What, what are you looking at, though, day to day? What are those metrics that you're paying attention to? Well, no, I think the case with every company, most important line of the P&L is always the revenue from sales and how to explain it in a few critical variables, you know. So in, in the case of benefits, every month we track total position sold, uh, the average rate per hour sold, uh, the total position loss due to either the loss of time or headcount turnover, you know. So all these variables give us a clear explanation as to what happened during the month and enable us to compare with the, the initial time or the sales budget. In addition, it also provides us with a clear indication of what uh, we should expect in the coming month. Additionally, when you work in a software company, it's as important uh, to get new clients at a higher rate as it is to get the right professional with the right seniority and the technological knowledge. So as a result, human resources metrics such as attrition, time to recruit a new developer, and hour for training per year, for example, become also key success factors for the company. And uh, as we've been talking about, uh, 
have had in mind or have uh, resources located in uh, several different countries, all the macroeconomic variables become very important challenges too. For example, the valuation or appreciation of local currencies, how their impact on our costs, the local inflation rates, and employment indicators of every country where we are located. So all these uh, additional variables are closely, closely tracked to keep an equilibrium between risk and cost of the services and the input. I don't know who would answer this question, no. Uh, I, I'm curious if you sought to create greater collaboration with sales by helping sales understand better uh, what the challenges are for the company throughout and why certain things can't be priced in the, the way they were, they might have had to be changed, or maybe you're providing them with certain visibility to allow them to price more easily and correctly, whatever it may be. Does any of that part of your world? Yes, of course. Uh, we work with a, a sales team uh, very closely, also with the operations team and with the human resources team. Because, uh, for example, we have a weekly uh, meeting every Monday uh, where we uh, review uh, the budgeting, uh, the forecast uh, of the sales uh, for the month and for the, the, the complete quarter. So every Monday uh, we have a call uh, and we check client by client uh, and position by position and opportunity by opportunity uh, to try to know in advance uh, how are we going to close this month in terms of sales and revenue? Uh, because this information is very important uh, for the human resources team in order to recruit uh, the right people uh, with the right seniority and technological knowledge in order to uh, provide the service uh, to the client. So we need to work very closely. Uh, additionally, our sales manager uh, has a has a very good idea of cost. So I, I also developed a template uh, with uh, different costs uh, by different uh, technology and security uh, per employee uh, by country. So when they uh, try to quote uh, a, new, a new client, uh, they can use all this information to see if we have available the, the, the technology the client is asking for and at what cost to have these uh, people available and where. So with all that information in mind, uh, it makes much more easy for our salespeople to uh, go to the client and try uh, to close the deal. When we come back, Horatio shares his finance strategic moment after this. The business landscape is changing quickly. As the pressure to manage expenses efficiently and strategically increases, you need solutions that not only help drive down costs and improve efficiencies, but meet the changing needs of your business. At U.S. Bank, we can help. We'll work with you to uncover your specific payment challenges and bring you proactive and innovative solutions and strategies that help you meet the financial goals of your organization. Our commitment to doing the right thing for our customers has earned us the designation of one of the world's most ethical companies from the Ethisphere Institute for six years in a row. To learn more, visit us at usbpayment.com. 
Um, I want to jump to a finance strategic moment question where this is I, I ask finance leaders to look back. It may have been in their current role or it may have been earlier in their careers when they experienced the finance strategic moment where their lines of sight into the organization allowed them to see an opportunity or maybe it was a risk that led them to respond and uh, whether they, they moved the organization in a different direction or they did things differently. Does anything come to mind when I ask for a finance strategic moment? Uh, well, maybe we can, we can go through uh, one of my experiences when I was living in, in Chile. Uh, I was a CFO of a company uh, whose main business was to provide services to create and eliminate industrial and hazardous waste. Uh, the revenue recognition process began with the reception of the waste in the power plant. The next step was to identify the type of waste and finally uh, to define the chemical process required in order to treat and then convert it into non-hazardous waste. All these processes were very manual, which as a result had a huge impact in the financial and working capital. Imagine that the company was not able to invoice for the services to the client until it had finished the identification of the waste and its subsequent treatment. Additionally, another problem was that the company was held responsible for any environmental damage that may have occurred from the hazardous waste it had already received and that was waiting for its final treatment. So what uh, we did was we created a team uh, with the operation people, commercial people, and technology founder of the company we proposed and uh, successfully implemented a plan that reduced the date of account receivable from over 200 days to just 90 days in only one year. This was achieved due to changes in the processes from the client side, from the operation side, and finally by adding again new software capabilities to the process. Of course, uh, we don't have to forget about the importance of training of all the employees involved in the process. Uh, that is very important also to highlight. So finally, I was saying after a year working uh, with a new team, with its clear plan and with milestones, uh, being all well defined and constantly tracked by changing commercial and production processes, we are seeing an extremely positive financial impact for the company. By implementing a favorable reduction in days of accounts receivable, we've been able to generate an impressive positive cash flow for the company. So, uh, for me, it's a very interesting story, and, and also as a final lesson for this, I, I would like to highlight that in order to achieve the success in this type of project within a company, it's imperative to have all the other areas involved. It's not only finance. So, at the end of the day, it was so much, uh, not much of a final challenge, it was a kind of change management challenge, uh, which had to be supported, of course, with the relevant knowledge. Great, great anecdote. Thank you. Uh, we're going to jump to our mentoring round where I ask you several quick questions intended to inspire and mentor future finance leaders. Tell us what it is that's exciting you about finance and business today. What is it? Well, uh, at the end of the day, the finance challenges of today are always related to dealing with limited resources in a very risky and competitive environment, okay? 
we must realize that the requirements are exactly changed on a daily basis, and as such, they will bring new and difficult challenges. Uh, we will need to constantly improve our creativity abilities uh, to be uh, able to adapt uh, and provide answers uh, at the same pace as this constant change is required. You know? uh, and again, when we come from a Latin American country, we are changed and ability to adapt are a key requirement for local companies to survive. I can really confirm that this attitude provides huge competitive advantage uh, for us as CFO. And I truly find this uh, very, very exciting. What do you wish someone told you at the very start of your CFO career? <laughs> what piece of advice uh, I would like to receive? Well, keep always open-minded, you know, and always updated. The finance environment is changing fast, uh, and you have to be able to adapt. I think that not only knowledge is an advantage, Creativity and resilience are the new values uh, of a modern and successful CFO. Gracia, do you have a uh, personal habit or routine that you believe has contributed in some way to your professional success? Personal habit. Well, yeah, I, I like to read. I read a lot. Uh, not only financial or economic report, any type of news about what's going on uh, in the rest of the world. And of course, uh, keep updated on the last uh, technological advances. Well, uh, that's a good segue. We always like to ask for a book. Is there a book you'd recommend? Uh, well, uh, a couple of years ago, I, I read a book called Bloomberg by Bloomberg. Uh, it's a successful story of Michael Bloomberg, who you know was dismissed from Solomon Brothers in 1981, and he immediately started Bloomberg and P. What is now considered today the most important finance media company in the world. Uh, history, history is highly inspiring, and he tells it in first person. I do really recommend this book. That's great. I, I, that's the first time we've had that one recommended, and I do remember uh, uh, the chapter where he gets fired. It's very memorable. It's, he tells it yeah. in such a great way. So thank you for, uh, for uh, sharing that one. We're up to our final question where we get to ask you. Uh, this time to look forward for us and tell us what are your priorities as a finance leader over the next 12 months? <laughs> very, very, very interesting question. You know, the, the company continues to grow at a rapid pace. Uh, the more it grows, the more financial pressure it has. Uh, we expect to achieve a 30% growth in sales this year too. And if achieved, uh, we will require approximately to higher release uh, 350 employees. So, in addition, we also uh, need to look uh, into the possibility and feasibility of investing in at least three new offices. Uh, the other challenge, challenge about that is that we need to decide if we want to open the, the offices in the same locations where we are, or uh, we will be launching operations in a new country or in a new location. Uh, of course, all these strategic decisions, which are in, in the process of evaluating, uh, will result, result sorry, in financial challenges, uh, an increase in working capital requirements, and of course, additional uh, cash flow pressure. Uh, we will expect to cover all these requirements from the operating cash flow generated by the business, 
So that means that we have to ensure high levels of EBITDA. Uh, also, uh, we have some lines of credit with local banks uh, that we can use. And if that is not, uh, it's not enough, uh, we are also thinking about uh, looking for an additional farm partner, maybe uh, an external uh, investor. Uh, I believe that the challenges are there for all to see. Uh, we are in business where growth is the key. Hello, listeners. Do us a favor. Be certain to subscribe to CFO Thought Leader on Apple Podcasts, or if you're an Android user, check us out on Spotify or Google Play. If you like the show, please recommend it to a friend. Oh, and by the way, the CFO Yearbook 2021 Print Edition debuts on Amazon this quarter featuring 100 profiles of finance leaders from our 2020 season. Would you like to learn more about our CFO guests? Order the CFO Yearbook 2021. Thank you for supporting our efforts to bring you career journeys of CFOs driving change. We'll be back with another episode very soon. Thank you for listening.